When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. This is a production of ITM Media. The week is finally here, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we are about to kick off the start of the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series season. In fact, Cup, Xfinity, and Truck Series at the Daytona International Speedway. Speed Weeks is officially underway. We just finished up practice one and two. We were recording today on a Tuesday night. And uh, we're getting ready for the start of this weekend's festivities. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Beamer alongside Charlie Herkes, and he's back. Preston Lude. Preston, we're going to start off with you, bud. How's it going? It's going well. Why Why? why do I have to be first, though? Because I, I don't, I don't, you haven't been here. Because you haven't been here. <laughs> I, it, 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 we started season four a couple weeks ago, and Preston hasn't been here once during season four. In fact, I don't remember the last time Preston has been on Rambling About Racing. But it's good probably been quite some time. It's been some, well, we've had quite a heck of an off season, man. But how's it going, man? <laughs> how's everything, buddy? <laughs> so far, so good on the heart condition part. Um, yeah. Um, was I even on after I had surgery? After that, I can't even remember. You, you, honestly, you were. You were on so a, long. a few weeks after you had the surgery, and we talked a little bit, and then more stuff happened. Charlie picked up the slack, and you were on for the Christmas special, and. This is your first time back since December, technically. Everything's everything's good. There's kind of a lot happening in life right now, but I mean, that kind of, I think that's like an everyday thing. I mean, I feel busy, but I think that's just called adult adulting, maybe? Yeah, that's called adulthood, Char- or Preston. I almost said Charlie, just based off of your, what's it called? Um, oh, man, I don't even know what the word is off the top habit. of my head. Habit. Thank you, Charlie. Off of your habit, I... See, see, Preston, you've been gone too long, man. But it's clear. I'm glad we're glad that you, you're back, man. You excited about the Daytona 500 this weekend? I yeah, you know, I'm excited just in general for any kind of racing. So yeah. you know, it was nice. The clash was nice for the most part, and between NASCAR and then F1 starting up later in the month with testing. Even though now they're coming out with all their cars, it's just it's that time of year. You know, we we're getting racing back finally. So I'm um, I'm excited for. It's almost like kind of like unknowns between NASCAR and F1. With NASCAR rolling out a new car, F1's rolling out a bunch of different technical things. It's just like we're just launching into the unknown, and I like it. I like this. Yeah, I like it too, but it's going to be a great time. But uh, Charlie, how's it going, man? Uh, going good. Got a lot accomplished on the car this past weekend. Good. Getting it put back together. Um, got the front end back under it. Got it uh, somewhat like I want. So just working at it. I believe I found the electrical issue that kept 
knocking me out of races last year. Uh, hopefully that won't be an issue this year. So looking forward to starting the season in March this year. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you on the Facebook Live as well, man. Big announcement here. She's finally here. Our daughter was born Friday morning. Healthy baby girl. Guys, I'm over the moon. I am literally over the moon. She's the most beautiful thing in the world. Had a little trouble with her blood sugar, but the um, Nick, you dealt with that splendidly and uh just one more little hiccup here a little cardiology appointment coming up here wednesday but i think it's just for pure ease of mind peace of mind you know what i mean but uh she's healthy she's eating and uh last night she uh pooped on me oh and that's uh, nice yeah and and then today she spit up on me ah yes so you're getting it all real quick yeah getting it all learning fast but uh, it's great guys i mean i I I literally can't wait till she craps up her back i know I can't wait till you walk in the room and you're like, what's that smell? And she turns around and it starts to run off and you just see it. Like it's all on the back of her neck and everything. And you can't do nothing but laugh because she's laughing. Even though she smells like poop. Yeah, it's so. Wait, yeah, wait till you wonder what the smell is, and, and you pick you her up, and it gets all just, over your hands. <laughs> you just do nothing but just set her clothes and everything in the tub and hope for the best. <laughs> well, it's so funny because you two, I mean, are, are fathers. I'm, I've, I'm this year. I have rookie stripes on me. I literally have the yellow bumper. Oh no, it's brown bumpers. It's brown bumpers, man. But I, I tell you, it was so funny because last night was a bad night, and that's Monday night. Where nothing would just go right. Well, Grandma came to visit. Actually, Caroline's, that's why. Caroline's, that's why. Caroline's mom babies came. do not like grandmas at this age. No, no, that's not it. She liked her too much. I mean, I've never seen such a bond between a grandma and a. a but gra- that's because grandmas don't put them down. No, they don't. They there you hold go. them. And this is where it messes up because yep. then they get used to it. Grandmas leave. Yep. Y'all put baby down. Baby has a fit. That is exactly what happened for three hours. I know it's exactly what happened. For three hours. I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir here with all the other dads out there, but holy cow, for three hours, Caroline and I fed her, changed her, burped her, and tried everything we could, and it was... Grandmas are good once they start walking and crawling and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying they're good. Right, I know They're what you're not saying. good now. Boy, they hold them way too long. Well, I tell you what, I'm over the moon. A healthy baby girl. And by the way, mom's doing well. What a trooper, superwoman. I tell you, Caroline is. She did great during delivery. And I got to say this one story here. It's 6 in the morning on Friday. Caroline woke me up because I got a little nap in after Caroline got the epidural. You know, I was taking a quick quick nap before the delivery happened. She woke me up at about 6.30 and said, the nurse just came in and said, I'm about to push. So, of course, I'm wide awake at that moment, just ready to go, just excited as all get out. And all of a sudden, we started, you know, hearing this kind of, uh, we, we kind of look at each other. And the nurse was in there, and she said, oh, this woman came in at midnight and missed her window for epidural. And she's in <laughs> full labor. She's in full labor. <laughs> and for 30 minutes, she was screaming, dude. I don't know if either of your wives, when they, I'm sure they had epidural. I know Preston's did, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you ever heard a woman in full labor without epidural. It is like medieval torture. I have never heard screaming like that in my life. Did you, uh, did you get to cut the cord? I did. I did. I got to cut the cord. Uh, doctor asked me if I wanted to cut the cord. I did. It was a uh, awesome man. It was, that was awesome. But, uh, that was, that did, was they a, hand you, did they hand you the scissors? Uh, the nurse was holding on to the scissors till it was time for me to cut. So I brought my Excalibur sword to the hospital <laughs> with me. Did you really? And, no, absolutely not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it, it was so funny. I said, I got this. I don't need those scissors. I'm just kidding. No, I absolutely used the scissors. You bring the chainsaw. But uh, it, was, it, it was funny, too, because um, and it, was, it wasn't really funny. When Caroline was listening to this woman scream bloody murder, murder without epidural, without any type of drugs whatsoever because it was just way too late in the game. Caroline's looking at me like, is that going to be me? It's like, no, 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 you're going to be fine. <laughs> Caroline didn't scream once. She Epidural worked great. She pushed four times, and out came our baby, man. And spent a couple days in the NICU, but everything's fine. Just to do the low blood sugars. But I tell you what, if it was anything to be in there for the NIC, at the NICU for, it would be low blood sugars. Yeah. But uh, it was easily corrected, and now, like I said, we're going to the cardiologist because they saw something. I think it's more of a peace of mind thing because her, and Preston, you'll appreciate those here. Blood satur- saturation is 
Her respirations, are, her respirations are really high. Uh, she has a low resting heart rate, you know, below 90 at times, but low 90s, high 80s at times. But when she gets up and going, man, it jumps right up to normal levels, 120 and above. But she's doing great, man. I'm, mom, mom's doing fine. And we're just enjoying the first few days of parenthood. And like Charlie said, looking forward to the poop around the back and apparently the trail, <laughs> uh, the trail on the floor. But uh, real, it'll happen. All right, real quick, before we get into our question of the week from last week, which was, should NASCAR have more concerts at the speedways? Is there NASCAR races, I should say? What's one piece of advice each of you would, could give me as a new father? Oh, uh, I got a good one, but Preston, you go first. Okay. Uh, Especially since I'm a girl dad. Yeah, I Preston. Mean, I don't know, Preston. You got a girl? We, we I all, have two girls. Yeah, we all have. Oh, girls. I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what Preston's um, kids were. Oh yeah, gosh, we all have girls. I, I, I don't know. No, oh, I got. It. I'll, okay, I'll go. I'll go. You think about it. wipe from front to back. Okay, yeah, I figured that out really quick when the nurse said, and we read the books. Wipe from front to back. Is that it? That's the best piece of advice Charlie could give me. One of my best friends. Wow, you read a book. Yeah, what right. a loser! <laughs> Wait, you what a, okay. a book? Okay, did I, I, Caroline make you read a book? First of all, Caroline didn't make me do anything. I perused the book, and she what and, an idiot! No, okay, okay, Preston, you're up, please, please hurry up. I don't, um, I, I don't, I don't really have any. I don't know. You put me on the spot too quick. I don't really have much advice to give you. You, you mean uh, you'll fi- you'll figure it out as you go. You'll figure How out about that one. Okay, that's way better than <laughs> calling me an idiot after I said I read it in a book. Read a book. I mean, my goodness, it makes me feel like an idiot. Oh, gosh. Uh, thank Did you. You ever get stuck in a problem where you you are just called yourself your an child? Idiot. It's 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 a it's a good thing if you ever get worried about your child. There's nothing wrong with worrying about. Anything, oh, if dude. you think anything is out of place, I'm scared of everything. Everything, and then, that's, that's and how, then you're going to get to the point. Look, I still go in there every now and then when Emma's asleep, and she's about to be seven, and I still go in there and be like when she's asleep, and like, dang, is she even breathing? And I get like real close to her face and be like, "Yep, I feel it. She's still breathing." I have so to, I have I, to. I'm still paranoid, and she's. She, she could practically live by herself now if she wanted to. I have to shake more. I have to shake the baby. Not shake the baby, but you know. Wow. Kind of, you, no, you, that's not what I meant. for less than a week and you're shaking your child? <laughs> that's not what I meant. I am not shaking my child. If there anybody Did you out read there, that in your book too? Actually, the, the hospital made me sign a paper saying I wouldn't shake my baby. And guys, I'm not shaking my baby. I'm just kind of rocking what her. What kind of hospital was this? Yeah, they what? made you sign a waiver that you wouldn't <laughs> check your baby they, before you took it home? Did they run through a video too? Of no, like, no. We you had to watch a YouTube like, video? We, no, we didn't have here, to watch a video. That was optional. Here in South Carolina, before you take your child home, you must watch this three-hour long safety course. On they do how make to be you watch some dad. kind of video before yeah, you take kid home. We didn't have I've had not here. I'm, not, I'm not shaking the baby. I'm, I'm like kind of Rubbing the baby to make sure she's breathing. Did, did they tell you not to put it in like the oven or something like that too? Yeah. You know, <laughs> wow, because that's just not common sense okay. nowadays. Okay, we have a, also a great show in store for you today. And on top of our Daytona 500 <laughs> preview show, we got a quick pit podcast coming on. They're going to be joining us for our Daytona preview. And glad everybody's joining us, whether you're on Burns Radio or your regular podcast platform. We really do appreciate it and uh, joining us here. And now we're going to get started with your question from last week by the way thanks guys for all the baby input we're gonna start with our- no, I, I am i am happy for you though yeah, thanks, congratulations man. thanks man i appreciate it we're gonna get started with our question from last week which was should nascar have more concerts during race weekends and charlie since you came up with the question we're gonna more go- more entertainment stuff like oh, that okay. Maybe, yeah not, i don't even know if it's gotta be That's- like a concert okay. type thing but something to maybe draw people in I know Charlotte Motor Speedway used to have like Carzilla and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, but you know, Charlotte's also the center of all these teams, so they try to do stuff. I, I think they they try to cater to the racing community because it is the center of all all the the majority of the teams, like ninety percent of the teams, of course. But when you branch out, I, I'm I'm speaking more of a of a fan base, so to speak. Like, you know, when you, when you trying to draw, trying to draw in new fans, so to speak. Cause I mean, if you look back at the, the Coliseum race, I bet it's not the, probably the age group that you would typically see at a NASCAR race. Now I would have much rather seen the Super Bowl halftime show at the Coliseum race than what I seen at the race hands down. But no, I, I still stand by that. Yes. I think NASCAR should hands down 
try to bring in some type of entertainment. Okay. Pre-race. Right. And even make it part of like a package deal. You know, not just a race, not just a concert thing, but make it part of the the package deal. All right. Good good points there, Charlie. And uh, Preston, what do you think? Pre-race, yes. During the race, no. Um, and well, that's... And that- Sorry, not to interrupt, but that was also what I said last week. Is you know they did it in the middle of the race at the Coliseum. You know you can't do that every week. You you can't. It, that was a kind yeah. of a special race. It wasn't a points race. You can't do that during the regular season. So it would have to be pre-race or post-race, no doubt. That's what really threw me off. With with the, I didn't even think we, I didn't even know we were getting a concert in the middle of that race. You know when that they said that, oh we have a a break in the middle of the race. I'm thinking okay you know break for them to you know change tires whatever we got to do yada yada yada. And then all of a sudden it's, you're hitting me with a concert. I'm not saying I didn't just I didn't you know not like the concert, but like it just felt really weird and awkward to see that happening in the middle of the race. And, you know, I told some people that and some people said, Oh, you're just hate. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, that's just as somebody that has grown up watching racing like that, that's just weird to have something like that happen in the middle of the race. But if they were to do, you know, more stuff pre-race then yeah, absolutely. I mean, NASCAR used to have a decent amount of stuff for pre-race, but I think, you know, once we got into this whole pandemic thing, the last couple of years, you know, a lot of, th- we've kind of lost a lot of the fun things that you get over a weekend and stuff like that so yeah pre-race for sure adding on to what he just said you know a lot of things are also opening back up so now's the time to latch on to that fact of everything opening back up and let's take that opportunity and bring back all that stuff as everything's opening back up so like the Watkins Glen race that we went to man there was all kinds of stuff to do on the infield there and that was part of the of the race the race weekend or the package thing that we got. There was a lot of stuff to do on the infield and you don't see that at a lot of the races. So I, you know, that's my opinion. Yeah. I, I hear what both of you are saying, but at the same time, when I go to the race, the last thing I've really like last year's Daytona 500 is a great example. I know Preston remembers during our escapade episode when I said Luke Holmes was there and you know, he sang for like 30 minutes. It's like, I could care less, you know, one song would be fine. Maybe two at the most especially a big name like him. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with entertainment as far as when it's centered around racing. How far before the race was it? I felt like maybe 30 minutes before the race. See, like, no. Uh, I'm talking, you know, do it do it an hour and a half before the race. Like, let it be a good, like, separate that. Make sure it's a different entertainment before the race, not immediately before the race. Like, not, okay, hey, let's sing Green Flag. No, let's let's separate it. Like, hey, this is your entertainment. All right, now it's kind of like a break, and now the race is starting. Didn't NASCAR try that one time with somebody at like Talladega? Was no, I'm sorry, it wasn't Talladega. It was um. So say if they need to do it anywhere, it'd be Talladega. Somebody sang literally right before the green. I'm talking like pace laps oh, were happening. It was uh, last year's All Star race. Sammy Hagar. That's what it was. Yes, yeah, no, I was not a fan of that. That was stupid. so yeah. dumb. I'm, I'm not. A, I, I, I guess I missed that race. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. A, I mean, as long as you didn't miss much. No, you really didn't. As long as you centered it around racing, I'm more than okay with it. If it's not centered around racing, if it's just a form of entertainment, I'm kind of with Charlie's. I see his opinion, and I agree with it. It, it keep them separate. You don't have to necessarily televise it if I'm at home and I don't and I'm turning on. No, I, I wouldn't televise it at all. Right. I would just make it a a or, concert. Yeah, like I think Charlotte Motor Speedway does that, where your ticket for those cup race can get you into the concert the night before the race. Something like that. You know? I just don't want the, you know, I, I'm sure that we, there were a lot of new fans that came for that clash. I just don't want those really new fans to think that that's the way that NASCAR is going to go. And that's how it should be because it's not ever been like that. I just don't no, want them I, to get the wrong idea I, that NASCAR is moving in this new direction where they're going to throw in concerts and then little races and stuff like that. No, no uh, yeah. And like, well, Matt brought up a good point right there. If most of the races are ran on a Sunday, if, they can arrange it for there to be a concert Saturday night before. Let's let's work something out with some of these venues. That can easily be arranged. Let's face it. You know, let's yeah. let's work it out to where there's a package deal to where your ticket also can. You know, it's a package deal to where you also get a ticket into that concert the night before. Because most of these people that go to these races stay the night before the race. They don't just show up the day of. No, I agree, one hundred percent. 
Yeah, that was great. I, I like that little segment that we came up with, the question of the week. It definitely opens the doors up to many topics here. But, hey, we're getting ready to get the 2022 NASCAR season started. We got a quick pick coming on here in a few minutes. And that starts should, with qualifying tomorrow night. Yeah, and it starts with qualifying tomorrow night. We just had our second practice for the Daytona 500 wrap-up earlier this evening on a Tuesday. Michael night. McDowell, fastest in opening practice. We'll get more into that. Let's get more into that in our Daytona preview because okay, we got. A, sure. I think we got a few surprises here. Anything else before we uh, bring Quick Pit on? No, I'm I'm good. Nope. Bring them on. And Preston's good. Okay, let's go ahead and get Quick Pit on. Before we continue on with the episode, I wanted to remind everybody out there about our online stores at Bonfire and Teespring. There you can find the latest and greatest rambling about racing gear, such as t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, pint glasses, hats, and so much more to show everybody, whether you're at your local short track or the big stage of NASCAR Formula One, that you are an avid fan and listener of rambling about racing. Charlie, it doesn't get any better than that. No, it absolutely doesn't, Matt. And to make it even better, now through the end of February, you can get 15% off if you go to the store and use promo code CLASH. That in is, honor of the Bush Clash coming up this Sunday. Man, that is such a great idea, Charlie. 15% off from now till the end of February on both Teespring and Bonfire using discount code CLASH for 15% off. Links will be in the podcast description below. Or if you head over to ramblingaboutracing.com, under the stores tab there, you can find the link to the stores. Go check them out. And all purchases help, out, uh, help us out here at Rambling About Racing, bring you better content in the future. And, hey, you look good in it as well. So 15% off from now to the end of February using discount code CLASH. All right, now we're going to get ready for our Daytona 500 preview. Yes, it is finally this week, the Daytona 500 coming up here on Sunday. Can't wait. I wish I was there, but I'm glad I'm not at the same time with the birth of my daughter. I'm very happy about watching her first Daytona 500 with me. Joined by Ethan from Quick Pit Podcast. Ethan, how's it going, man? Thanks for being back on the show for this Daytona 500 preview. Pretty good. This should be a lot of fun. Um I'm very grateful that Preston picked McDowell to, to win last year because that's my favorite, and he might have just willed it into existence. So thanks. Oh, thanks yeah, for that. that's right. I forgot about that. I forgot about that exchange that we had. And Preston, yeah, you weren't here for the show, but Ethan is a big McDowell fan, and you picked him to win. And, in fact, I, a couple weeks ago, I got the Daytona 500 car from last year. Michael McDowell's right on the mantle. Ethan and I will become very best friends. That's right. I think I think it's going to be a good collaboration. But thanks for being part of the show. We're going to kick things off here. I don't know if you guys watched practice, but it was a very interesting practice session here from what I saw. And I know Charlie brought up some stuff off air. We're going to start off with Charlie. What were your takes on practice here with the brand new car at the Daytona International Speedway on for the first time? Well, uh, y'all y'all bringing up Michael McDowell, but so the opening practice, he was fastest. Now, granted, I don't like practices only because the manufacturers get out there. And, of course, I hate this manufacturer collaboration bullcrap period because they get out there and all the Fords have to run together and all the Toyotas have to run together and all the Chevrolets have to run together. And I, I hate that. Run with whoever you're fastest with. That That's my opinion. I think that's how it should be. Granted, yes, this is where all the money comes into it. Because if you look at the speed charts from the first practice, you got – Forward, 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 forward in the top five with Michael McDowell, David Reagan, Todd Gillen, Brad Keselowski, and Chris Buescher. Which, let's face it, those are pretty much, with an exception of Keselowski, those are people you typically wouldn't see up there, even in a practice session. I mean, yes, now it's Daytona, but um, and then you have all your Toyotas, all like six of them. So, and then you go into your Hendrick bunch. All the manufacturers are practicing together. And I, I don't know. Me personally, I just, I hate that. You know, I, I think they should mix it up. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. But you, you can't make them do that. So, just my opinion. Right. You can't. We've seen that before on uh, uh, Tabor Spacer race tracks well, and super speedway you, racing. You see that during the race, too, though. You see oh, yeah, all you the Fords pit together, all the Chevrolets pit together, all the Toyotas pit together. It's just crap, man. It, it makes for stupid racing, too. All right. Well, I hear you on that. Well, Ethan, what do you think about the uh, first couple of practice sessions if you got a chance to watch them? I did, and I think my biggest takeaway was the fact that tandem drafting kind of works again. Uh, watching, uh, I think it was Busher and Kozlowski link up and, yep. and really be able to move a good amount when they were hooked up together was, was pretty impressive, and it makes me curious what NASCAR is going to do about it because if you have, especially given the stock supply of the, the car right now and the fact that they the teams just don't have very many cars, I think the race is going to end up being tame, and maybe I'm answering questions for later, but I think tandem drafting is a way that could happen with not much – the team's not racing as hard, not as big of a pack as we see. And so I think tandem is a an outlet for that to happen. So I'm curious what NASCAR will do about it because I don't think they want their premier race to be a bunch of pairs all isolated on the track. Yeah, not only their premier race, their introduction really of the Gen 7 car – on race, on race pace, at a major event like the Daytona 500. I'm with you, Ethan. Once I heard that T word come out of Clint Boyer's mouth, I was just, oh, no, here we go again. Shades yeah, up, there, I think there's a reason why they, they fought so hard to get away from that years ago. And the last thing they want is for all of that to start back up again. Now, granted, did some of the better finishes come from tandem racing? Absolutely. We look back at like Talladega where who was it? Jimmy Johnson won at Talladega with junior pushing him. Um, they were like three wide. It, it was a really close finish either way. It, you know, they'll, they'll wind up having to do something. Now it might not happen by the 500, but you can best believe by the first time they go to Talladega, they will have made changes for sure. So, and it'll probably come with putting like a taller spoiler on it or something like that. I hear you, man. Preston, what were your takeaways from practice if you did watch them? I think Ethan read my mind. Uh-oh. <laughs> Ethan the took the words right out of my mouth. I exactly gravitated straight towards tandem drafting. Um, I watched both practice sessions, and that was one of my takeaways from it, too. And honestly, quite honestly, this might, I don't know if it was coming as shocking out, but I'd be perfectly okay if that's how the race goes on Sunday because I am a fan of tandem racing to be honest I, I do like it like that um, I think it, it's interesting but I mean there's there's a lot of takeaways from practice honestly um, it wasn't just that but everything else was kind of to me business as usual as Charlie says Fords are working with Fords, Toyotas are working with Toyotas, this and that you know there there's other things that are kind of it seems a little weird you saw some cars in practice really skewed out which is just beyond I don't know, it looks stupid to me. It's weird, but I get it at the same time as to why some people are trying that. The newer cars, I don't know if it's just a Speedway thing, but like the newer cars seem like they sit, I'm not going to say they sit lower. I'm not talking about ride height. I'm talking about the height of the car in general. It seems like they sit really lower and they look more wider than, you know, previous gen, you know, six cars. And also... The cars look like they're riding much stiffer. I don't know if you got to see some in-car shots, but like those cars were bouncing a lot down the straightaways. I was getting a headache trying to keep up with that in-car. And I didn't know that the new cars, you can opt to have a rear-view camera in it now. So they were mm-hmm. riding, I can't remember who they were riding on board with, but you could see like it almost looked like a rear-view mirror sitting on like the dash, but it turns out it's a camera. Yeah. How cool uh, is that? You, you can have a review oh, camera in there. Yep. Yeah, it was it's crazy. It sits right next to the you know, the, the tachometer and everything. It's right there on the dash and it looks just like a rear view mirror, but instead of it hanging, it's actually just sitting there. It's actually a well, so you camera. Think I was like, Wow, that's the, kinda cool. The bouncing the bouncing around and stuff now, I these cars are independent rear suspension now. They're not like solid axle rear ends. 
you know that that may have a lot to do with it as well with that uh the new style you know sequential shifting and stuff like that uh, they they got a lot to learn we may get out there sunday and we may not even see tandem uh racing we may see nothing but drafting you know and that might not be the case they may get out there and just do nothing but tandem racing you know the practice sessions may have been nothing but hey let's see how hard we can push somebody and see how fast we can push somebody before we overheat and all this kind of stuff you never know what kind of stuff they trying to get up their sleeve for a 500 win so my hopes for practice were just a bunch of wishful thinking i thought they were going to get out there and maybe try and figure out what drafting was going to look like but it was just some guys were going out there running single car right. runs because some people think that they will be able to qualify on the front row and that's it and then you had guys that were just Running in guys. some small packs that know that they have to race their way in when it comes down to time for the duels. So I don't know. I guess it's it was wishful thinking for our first two practice sessions, honestly. I think a lot of the answers to whether it's gonna be tandem or not, to whether how it's gonna be raced is gonna be answered at the duels. Yep, no doubt. I, I, I agree. Especially the drivers who need to race their way in. I think that's gonna be the big answer to a lot of questions, a lot of what ifs. Log is going to be lifted on a lot of stuff and because that was the final practice. Now you get ready for qualifying and in the duels, and then that's it. So I'm, I'm curious to see who makes it because, I mean, there's a lot of drivers up there who you don't see to Charlie's point in practice one, David Reagan, Todd Gilliland, and then in practice two, hey, it was Cody Ware. Greg, Greg Biffle showing some speed up there. Kaz Out Grella. of nowhere. Yeah, Kaz Grella running very well. It's going to be one of those things where I think practice or the, the duels are going to answer a lot of the questions for that. And uh, curious on what I know what Charlie's answer is. But what do you think, Ethan? You think the duels will answer a lot of questions? I, I don't know. I feel like, first of all, this year's um, open car class is a lot stronger than it was last year. At least you have no like Derek Cope, Rick Ware racing cars really competing for. I think a lot of these teams are, are really trying and so I think mm-hmm. that's the only thing that will really make this uh, make the duels interesting is the open cars competing for those last two spots because I don't think any team wants to risk wadding up a car for a better uh, qualifying spot. I would not be surprised if they all agree to just freight train their way around for the duel to, to conserve equipment and not risk tearing up a, a, a very limited quantity. And so I, I don't have too high hopes for the duels to be interesting. I've kind of accepted that already, I think. I, I mean, you never know, and I'm sure that the open cars will be fighting amongst themselves to get the last spot. But I, I really, why would you risk? The, the the risk far outweighs the reward in, in the duels for most teams this year. That, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't even think about that. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened either, Ethan. I don't want to see it happen. In years past, you see everybody race for the duels because, for one, you get to race in the, you get to win at Daytona. You get an opportunity to see how your car handles. But you make a great point. I mean, but on the flip side of that, I feel that if you don't race, you probably won't see what your car is capable of in a pack, and you won't see how it maneuvers through the air and in a big wad like they are at the time of the duels. So it should make it interesting. I think you're going to see teams play conservative, but also teams that are already locked in uh, take a gamble to see what their cars can do, especially if you're a Penske. Maybe an Austin Cindric tell Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney what their car is doing and let Ryan and Joey just kind of ride in the back. But what do you think, Preston? Yeah, I'm kind of with Ethan on this one. And I don't I don't really think we're going to see a whole lot going on with the duels other than maybe those guys that have to race their way in. I don't really know how many are going to actually have to race their way in. I think it's only going to be, I think there's, let's see, the four open spots. I think there's six guys, I think. So I think we're, I think two of them will be going on. I don't really think we're going to see a whole lot. I mean, like I said, I don't know how many cars most of these teams showed up with. I heard that some showed up with one. I, I don't really know all of that. I didn't really look into that too well. But if it's all just kind of a learning curve still at this point, why would you expect a whole lot to happen in the duel? People don't want to risk, you know, doing anything stupid. So we'll, we'll get some answers on what duels are Thursday, correct? Is that right? Thursday? Yeah, they are. Qualifying yeah, okay, so, tomorrow night and duels are Thursday. Yeah, so we'll get some answers of the duels, but I think we'll really find everything else out come Sunday, which 
I guess that's kind of a good thing at the same time. It might make for more interesting time. <laughs> Who knows? No, you're 100% right about that. I, I like everybody's opinions about the duels. I think we got kind of a split pot here. I think we're going to see... We got 50% of us saying, yeah, everybody's going to see what their equipment is. And then 50% says, nah, they're going to freight train. Should be interested to see on Thursdays what comes up of that and what doesn't here. But uh, here's what we're going to do now. So each of us have a question for everybody else. And then you're going to answer your own question at the end about the upcoming Daytona 500, especially with the Gen 7 car having the spotlight. And I'm just going to Russian roulette it. Who wants to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. What's your question, bud? So this year's Daytona 500, do you think it'll be like last year and we'll see a first-time winner, or is it going to be another repeat winner? Great question here. Who wants to answer first? I can go first. Right. Oh, okay. You right, go Preston. first on this, but you want to ask a question? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a question. All right, Preston. What's your... I will answer this. Are we talking driver or team? I think Charlie means driver. I, I mean driver. Okay, let me okay, read. All right. Um, no, no first-time winner. It'll be a repeat. What, what, what's your thinking behind that, Preston? Because I think Michael McDowell wins it again. I think Front Row is going to be at the front for some reason. I don't know. That's just how I feel. I think it's it's yes, it's a new learning Two curve. In a row no, I'm, for not, I'm not going out. Of, I'm really not going out on a limb and just saying it for you know <laughs> for funsies. I really think that Front Row Ford is going to do it again. I I really do. That's just me. I I think they're going to have it figured out again. No, you've cursed them now. Yeah, yeah, you're screwed now. <laughs> nope, I did not curse them. Just go ahead and turn, just whatever, just hang up the phone, whatever you're using, just, just go ahead and log out. All right, let's all make I mean, a fact yeah. here. If, if, if Preston picks McDowell winning again and he McDowell ends up winning two Daytona 500s in a row, we all buy lottery tickets, and one of us is yeah, going to win. With whatever numbers Preston tells yes, us. Yes, whatever Preston tells us to. Ethan, what, what do you think, man? You said he cursed them. What do you think? First time winner uh, or repeat winner? I feel like I, I don't know what the, the number is, but I feel like there's a lot of new guys in the field this year more than usual. And given that Daytona is mostly a crapshoot, even though you can have some skill at it, it's still anything can happen. And the, the new car, I mean, you were bashing earlier the, the, the practice numbers and, and saying they don't really matter, but I, I feel like we can take something, you can take something from that. Because those guys were able to work together, those teams were collaborating, getting those times and drafting together. So I think, yeah, I'll go with a first-time winner. I feel like there's a lot of guys in the field that can do it. All right, I, and I, I'm going to say this. With a brand-new car out here right now, and we're, you know, our panel's kind of 50-50 on whether everybody's going to push it during the duels or not, I think it's going to be a repeat winner. I'm going to go kind of with Preston, not necessarily McDowell, but I'm going to say it's going to be a repeat winner, and I'm going to go one step further and say it's going to be a veteran driver. I'm talking like maybe a Kevin Harvick. I'm just glad you didn't say Denny Hamlin. Well, I mean, Denny Hamlin has a chance. Shut to up. Do it again. I, I, he, he was really going does. to say Denny Hamlin, really too. Does. I mean, well, he does. I mean, like, to Ethan's point, it's a crapshoot. I'd rather see Kevin Harvick win. But I, I think you're going to see a veteran driver possibly pull it out, and, and Harvick isn't as strong as he's not a big fan of the car. I'm about but, to hang up. No, you're not. You're going to be fine. But I think it's going to be fine. Okay, well, Charlie, answer your own question. Is it going to be a repeat? First-time winner. It's going to be a first-time winner. Okay. Yep. And I feel more along the lines of like a more along the lines of like a Ryan Priest or something like that. Okay. I, I was thinking you were going to say Chase Elliott, but Ryan Priest is Priest isn't even in the race. Uh-oh. Somebody like that. Like like somebody like you would never think. Okay, kind of like a Cas Grala. Yeah. I like that. Ethan kind of called you out there. That was great. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Hands down. Okay, well, we'll go a step further. You got Noah Gregson trying to qualify for the race. Hey, Greg Biffle trying to qualify for the race. I don't think Greg I don't think Greg Biffle's ever won a 500. No, he hasn't. You got a lot of hot shots trying to qualify for it this year. So, I, I still stand by first-time winner. So, this this panel, this four-man panel tonight is going to be split 50-50. This, this is interesting, though. I like that. I like that. So that was uh, Charlie's question. We're going with Ethan now. I'm curious to see what his uh, question would be. Charlie kind of stole mine. Mine is a little bit of a step up. But there's, by my count, seven drivers in the field who have made 10 or more Daytona 500 starts and don't have a win yet. They're Brad Kislaski, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Eric Almarola, David Reagan, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Greg Biffle, assuming he qualifies. So, if you guys had to pick one of them, 
who would you go with? Great question. To, to win there first. I like that question. I, I would say Greg. Greg showed great speed in, in practice one out of how many years has he been out of it and not been in a car? So You were also bashing practice for saying it doesn't mean much. I, oh. you, you're correct, but out of a guy out of a guy that hasn't been in a car in a while. Greg Biffle's uh, Charlie's pick. Yeah, Greg Biffle was probably racing the last time the tandem stuff was in action. So yeah, his, he's been out for a while. That was about the last time he raced. Yeah, and, and unless it was a you count the truck series start, but yeah, Cup Series. It, it's been a while for Greg Biffle. Well, Stenhouse has got a possibility because he'll wreck everybody else to win it, <laughs> or wreck himself. I hell, I should have picked Stenhouse. <laughs> what was I thinking? Your answer is locked in with Greg Biffle. But Preston, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I know. I'm Ooh, um, I, I, I stick with I stick with Biffle. Watch him not even qualify. I kind of like Keselowski. Gosh, I think Ooh, I, Keselowski, nice. I think Keselowski, and I only say that because of the whole Ford camp in general. Fords seem to do very well when it comes to super speedway racing. And, you know, Keselowski was there right. last year. Well, until he and got then, to turn three. Until that unfortunate incident that happened. I mean, Keselowski, I, yeah, I'd say Keselowski. It was a racing incident. Yeah, yeah it was. But and it wasn't unfortunate either. It, it wasn't. If you, you picked Michael McDowell to win, and out of that unfortunate incident, McDowell won the Daytona Oh, well, no. I mean, unfortunate between two teammates. I mean, ah, McDowell yes. had nothing to do with that. So. True. Well, I'm going to say this, and I think I'm going to blow everybody's mind here. The best driver, I think, he has a chance to win it that hasn't won it in the last 10, that has raced at least 10 starts in the Daytona 500, Kyle Busch. I, I think he's been struck with bad luck, but I think if he wins the Daytona 500 after his career is over, it's going to go down. He's definitely a Hall of Fame material. That's the one thing missing from his resume is the Daytona 500. And I think if Kyle Busch gets it, regardless of what happens to him the rest of the season, he can strut his stuff around and say, I'm the Daytona 500 champion. I think Kyle Busch does it. Out of those drivers, I think Kyle Busch has the best start or finish and wins it. But what do you think, Ethan? Out of those drivers, who do you think uh, has the best shot of winning it? I'm looking at this list, and I feel like all of them kind of have a a good portion of them have a legacy for being good at this type of track and for whatever reason have not been able to pull off the 500. So I'm looking at – I'm actually looking at Stenhouse. I think – I feel like he's matured a little bit, and – He's always there at the end, and who knows? Maybe this year is the year he doesn't cause a, a, a big one. And he said it, cause a big one. Well, let's let's say this. I just hope the big one doesn't happen on lap fifteen like it did last year. That was miserable. If you were there at yeah. Daytona, you understand exactly how I feel. So, okay, great question, Ethan. I really do appreciate it, Preston. Do you want me to ask first, or do you want to ask first? You might. Um, I think first. I think Preston's I got. I think I have one. Me. All right, Preston okay. got a question. Oh, well, okay. okay, caught me off guard there. Let, let's <laughs> I think I have one. When we saw TN drafting years and years and years ago, we also saw quite a bit of cautions when it came to that. Do we see a lot of cautions in this weekend's Daytona 500, or is it going to be a fairly green flag race? Are we guessing how many cautions, or are we guessing it's going to be a caution field race? I think we're getting, we're asking if it's a caution, like a lot of cautions, or is it going to yeah, be majority green? I don't really know what kind of over over under number I could give. Let's say over under seven. Ah, uh, yeah, seven might be a good one. Yeah, I was thinking six or seven, maybe. I think it's going to be at seven, if not under. Look, me and you, Matt. Me and you are not off to a good start on cautions. No, we're not based on the clash. So I'm going to say under. I'm going to say way under, like five. I'm going to say four. Under five as well. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna risk much until the end. And Preston, what do you think? Over or under? I think over. Oh wow, over. I'm going to say maybe nine. Nine cautions. Wow. Wow. Holy cow. And in this, what game- are you playing on? Like sitting up there in the stands with a rifle and just picking people off. <laughs> Oh, they give my secrets away. Oh, there's no. a tire. There's a tire. There's a tire. The, the sidewalls are smaller this year. It'll be harder to, to pop. Yeah, and I don't see Preston as much of a marksman. I probably couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with a beach ball. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. That's a good question, Preston, because, I mean, we've seen in the past couple Daytona 500s a lot of big wrecks there at the start and rain, but I don't think rain's going to be a play a factor this weekend. The one year that I don't go, the rain doesn't play a factor. But yeah, I think I think you know under everybody says under except Preston who says over. All right, good question, Preston. Now my question is this: 
We saw at the clash last week a few mechanical issues pop up relatively close together. Tyler Reddick, Denny Hamlin, and Chase Briscoe. Do we see more cars get out of the race because of an accident, to kind of Preston's question, or do we see more cars out due to mechanical failures and this being a brand new car? I say accident. And the only reason why I say it was more mechanical there uh, was because of a cooling issue, uh, because it was such a short track. I feel like they wouldn't, a lot of mechanical components just wasn't getting the air to it going down the straightaways uh, for that brief period. Uh, it just wasn't getting the cooling that it needed to get. I feel like that's where a lot of the mechanical failures probably came from. I, I feel like right. we probably see more people get parked f- from wrecks than we do mechanical failures in the 500. All right. What about you, Ethan? What do you think? Is this like DNFs? Yeah, this is like mechanical failure. You can't continue on. Okay. Or- I feel like it'll be closer than most years, but I think accidents will still win. All right, so that's two for accidents. What about you, Preston? I think it'll kind of be a mix of both. I think accidents might just edge out over mechanical failures, but I I don't want to say I don't have high confidence in the car because, I, I like I said, I haven't really looked all that much into the car, but as with every new venture, sometimes you have setbacks, and maybe there could be some other mechanical failures along the way. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not rooting for that. Don't get me, you know, I'm not, don't pay me as a bad guy, but I think maybe accidents will just outplay that number, but I, I think it'll be accidents a little bit more, but I, I would venture to say that maybe some mechanical failures here and there. The only reason I would say mechanical, mechanical failures now accidents. Yeah. One big wreck could take out 15 cars. 20. 15, 20 cars. And you're right there. That's a whole number of cars. We saw it last year on lap 15. It took out a lot of contenders. Just mm-hmm. right there. Made the race pretty boring for the final, what, 180 laps. It was just kind of a right up top race. It wasn't fun to be at at all. But I would have to say the biggest concern I have was something that Tyler Reddick said at the clash when he said, we had a transaxle issue, and my concern is if I drop the clutch on pit road after a pit stop, whether it be under green flag or caution, does that transaxle break? And that's where I could see a lot of the, ma- the majority of mechanical failures happening is is on pit road. Yeah, but these guys have been practicing pit stops already, that's, too. That's great because practice is one thing, but game time's another. But it, they practice like they play. Yeah, it's true. I would lump into their mechanical failures and Preston and I saw it a couple of years ago at Monaco where that single lug nut <laughs> is the single source of failure well, on that wheel. I'll, I'll add to my statement though. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll be devil at, devil's advocate to my statement where they practice their pit stops, but they don't practice it after they've been running a hundred laps, right. whatever, where there's not a lot of heat built up and stuff like that. So I, I can see it both ways. Right, and these transactions, I feel like that'd be more so in a, a case maybe at a road course where you do do a lot of shifting, but I feel like that could be a failure point, the transaxle. I feel like that could be a failure point, the lug nut. We saw it at Monaco Preston with Valtteri Botas, where that single lug nut took him out of contention to win the Monaco Well, how, how does F1's, not to change subject, but oh, how does F1's lug nut tool work? So when their gun takes lug nut off, does it, stay in the gun i don't think so preston preston you got an answer on that no i don't believe it does i think the lug nuts attached to the tire okay because if i'm not mistaken if i heard right after talking about uh after listening to the clash last weekend the lug nut actually stays in the gun or something like that of the cup cars and okay. they are pretty much reusing the same lug nut if i'm not mistaken that sounds it's like not, an accident waiting it, to happen. Yeah, it's, not, sounds, it's not glued to the wheel like the old right, style. It's not. They're reusing I, the same one going back on. Uh, Ethan, have you heard like anything an different? Have you heard something happen. like that? I'm not sure. I, I I think what happened with Botas was that it like melted and fused together. That's what happened with theirs. I don't know about the cup cards. And you don't use a lot of brake here at Daytona. You're not going to. Like I said, this is going to be probably no, more you're, of an issue. You're, you're, the only time you're doing it, you're dragging the brake during the race. You're never letting out of the throttle. You're just dragging the brake during the race to keep off of to keep off of running some, uh, somebody over. Right, and then coming on to pit road. But I think that's going to be more of a, 
issue when we go to road courses to Ethan's point. That makes perfect sense, Ethan. I never even put those two points together. Yeah, I think it's going to be mechanical issue. His skin is, I think it's kind of 50-50, but majority leaning to uh, crashes. And uh, But any other saved rounds with questions? Anybody having a question that wasn't really asked? I will add, with, with the previous question, I think where we'll see the problem would be if we have any green flag pit stops. Like okay. at the end, like last year, where there's that last long green flag run, and they had to pit, everyone had to pit, and you had to get out exactly on time. I think that's where we could see the same thing that happened to Reddick and Briscoe is that there, someone's like going so hard, right, that they're they're slamming it into gear, and that's when it breaks. Whereas, like on a normal yellow flag pit stop, with this knowledge in the back of their mind, they might take it a bit easier. Good point there, Ethan. Okay, now the, the big moment of truth, gentlemen. Who's going to win the Daytona 500 this Sunday? Ethan, you're the guest. I'm going to start with you. Can I deflect it to someone else? I don't. Have, I haven't had any time to think. <laughs> All right, I would deflect it to Preston, but did you? Do you know who might win this weekend, Preston? I think you already gave it away. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be Front Row Motorsports. Oh, who, which driver? Uh, Michael McDowell. Okay, Michael McDowell goes back to back. That would be something again if Preston picks it. We're all picking, we're all buying lottery tickets. Preston's picking the number. So Michael McDowell for Preston. Charlie, who wins this Sunday's Daytona 500? Like I said, first time winner, which could be a number of people. Uh, man, I, I'm going to go on a, go out on a limb. We talked about him earlier. He's making his return to NASCAR. I'm going to go with the Biff. All right, Greg Biffle. That'd be a good, I think that, I don't man, think. Man, you want to talk about a return. Yeah, I don't think anybody would be upset seeing Greg Biffle win. The Absolutely not, man. Nobody can be upset with the Biff winning it. Kudos to that, but I'm going to go with a established star in the sport. We talked about him early in the show you, when Ethan You're going with Bush. Yep, I'm going with Kyle Bush. He, he's going to win his first Daytona 500 this Sunday. He's been there and close so many times, either caught up in accidents or playing bridesmaid, but I think Kyle Bush wins this Sunday's Daytona 500. Ethan, we're going to end with you, buddy. Who wins this Sunday's Daytona 500? Uh, this does not matter. This pick does not matter as much as it would on my show, so I'm going to go with Cody Ware. I like that a lot. That's man. not a bad pick. No, he he ran good in practice. The second practice, he was right up there at top. I mean, he was beating out 23-11 Joe Gibbs teams. Granted that the top 10 was all Fords, However, if anybody wrecks, it's going to be Stenhouse. And no, he's going to cause Cody Ware. Oh, he's going to cause a wreck. But if Cody Ware is up front and Stenhouse wrecks behind them, yeah, I mean, I think Cody Ware has as good a shot as anybody. Any of our I doubt Cody Ware will be up front. No, I, I think he might. I think with the new cars, everybody's on their fresh sheet of page. I think you're going to see people up there that you haven't seen in a while up there. I dare yes. say, so, I dare say I, a dark horse would be a uh, Casgrella. Yeah, yeah, possible. Oh, hold on. Uh, Ethan, go ahead. Second pick, someone else I'd like to at least watch. This isn't my official pick, but I think Noah Gregson could have a really good record. Uh, absolutely. That would be my second pick would be Noah Gregson. Why is that? Why not? I mean, I mean I'm just curious. Why why Noah Gregson? He's I mean, he's got he's got before. experience for sure. Yeah, so if he before. qualifies for the race, then as long as he don't get caught up in nothing, he's got the experience to be there at the end for the five hundred. Okay. Yeah, I think he seems to have a, a good blunt. His off-track behavior is sometimes a little uh, fishy, iffy, I guess. But on track, he seems to have a good amount of aggressiveness without going too far. I think he's found a way to balance that the last couple of years. And so you never know. I feel last year he was going to make it before getting caught in a wreck. He was running great all race last year's duel that, that ended up the wreck, knocked him out of the race. But I think, yeah, I, I feel like he... I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to explain kind of the, the feeling you have about different drivers. So, yeah, I think he'll he'll have a good race. All right. And real quick, in, in a few words, expectations for the race. Preston, we're going to start with you. Real, real quick on my, okay. on my thought. Real quick. Other, other notable elements from the move to a single lug nut, there will be no post-race lug nut checks or lug nut penalties because the lug nut will be retained in the socket the change from five lug nuts will end the practice of a lug nut to the wheels, which will cut down the pre-race preparation time. It also should save time from practicing stops as teams could rotate a few sets of wheels instead of needing to glue lug nuts to dozen sets of pit crew training sessions at their stops. All right, so, so they're attached yes, to the wheel? I think I believe 
I believe that answers my question, as in, yes, the lug nut is retained in the socket. When they take it off, they put that same lug nut back on. Okay. Okay, I see what you're saying. Well, you're going to have a cross-thread problem if you don't do it right. Just thinking the same thing. Well, uh, it's the same thing as if you glue the lug nuts on. Let's face it. Yeah, okay. You're hit. Yeah, it's the same thing as if you glue lug nuts on. Because you're still hitting that that lug nut. Yeah, but if you're putting it. this this Ooh. lug nut on over and over again, though, it's so different. Though, if you start a lug nut that's sitting on the end of a stud and you just hit it, I, with I, a freaking I understand that. But what I'm what I'm seeing is that if you're using the same one over and over again, F1 doesn't have a problem. problem. F1 and it's practically the same the same theory. True, Preston. No. Okay. <laughs> Bum, 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 bum. I, did, I honestly didn't hear. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Preston. Oh, gosh. Oh okay. Goodness. Okay, uh, we're just going to move on. We're going to end up. <laughs> Way thank- to deflect. Way to deflect. Yeah, th- thanks for bringing that to us, Charlie. Ethan, we're going to start off with you in a few quick words, expectations for this Sunday. To, to quote my co-host, Connor, who can join us tonight, uh, choo-choo train. I, I think it's going to be a boring race. All right. Boring race for Ethan and Connor over there at Quick Pit. Uh, Charlie, what do you expect for this weekend's race? It's going to have its moments. I think it's going to start out maybe decent. Uh, I think they're going to probably try to fill out the field, have have a race. It's going to take out maybe eight, nine cars, and then everybody's going to get kind of gun shy. They're going to ride out the rest of the race until the end, and then we may have a few cautions there at the end. All right, Preston, what do you think? What are your expectations for this Sunday's Daytona 500? I kind of agree with Charlie a little bit. I think maybe it'll be kind of a slow start, but I, I think I think it should be both interesting and exciting for the most part. I think with the fact that we're kind of going into a little bit more unknown, like I said before, with the fact that we're running a new car and things have to be felt out, I think it'll make for an interesting race, honestly. I think... Like you said, I think we see some people at the front at times that we never usually will see. I think there's obviously a good shot of seeing maybe a first-time winner. I think it should be a pretty interesting, fun, exciting Daytona 500. To be honest with you guys, I have no idea what to think. With this being the new car, we're all kind of basing it off of past Daytona 500s with Charlie saying a lot of guys might be gun-shy and into... Ethan's point, then after that gun shy, after a big wreck, you're going to see him ride up top and just ride that, click down the laps like we saw in last year's Daytona 500. To be honest with you, I have no idea what to expect. I hope for a good race. I hope for a memorable Daytona 500. I, I want. I don't want NASCAR to launch its brand new car and it be a boring race. That's that's really the big thing I want. I don't want a boring uh, race. I think. I think. I think they already launched it. Well, kind of in, in an and, official points paying race, and it really, it really wasn't a horrible race, in my opinion. They had their bumping and their banging, and the car held up. It didn't cut tires every time a fender was rubbed. So, in my opinion, that's a win right there. Like hands down, if a fender got rubbed and a tire was not cut, they have accomplished something. Like they have, they went to battle and they won right there. So, yep, regardless of what Daytona, uh, what Daytona shows and how it finishes, they won. That was our uh, Daytona 500 preview. Uh, thank you, Ethan, for joining us. Really do appreciate it. Taking the time out of your day to be with us. Maybe many more in the future. And don't forget, after the Daytona 500, one of us, either Quick Pit or us here at Rambling About Racing, will be hosting Twitter Space to talk about the Daytona 500. It's not going to be aired on the podcast. But we're going to just get together and talk about the Daytona 500 and see what everybody's thoughts were. So looking forward to that. Ethan, you have anything else before we let you go here? Unless I'm allowed to plug my show, no. Oh, wait, I, I do have something. All right, go ahead. Uh, what gear are you wearing, Matt? Because if I remember correctly from your, was it your Christmas episode where you had your Daytona 500 recap in it? You talked about how you had a NASCAR hat on that brought the rain. Please yeah. don't wear that this year. Okay, I won't wear the NASCAR hat this year to bring the rain. And I wore Denny Hamlin's shirt thinking I would jinx him because the last two Daytona 500s I was at, I saw him win both times. It worked kind of worked. So I won't wear it. I won't wear a NASCAR hat for the Daytona 500. No problem, Ethan. I'll, I'll, I'll respect your I'll respect your wishes on that. And go ahead and plug your show, man. Where can we listen to? You? We're we're on pretty much any podcast platform: Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, we typically link to Spotify, so that's our main one. 
Uh, you can find us on Twitter at pit underscore quick or just search for quick pit podcast. And we're trying to get Instagram going. We're being a little bit more active on there. So you can also check us out on Instagram. All right. Very nice. Make sure to go follow the guys, uh, Connor and Ethan there at quick pit on all their social media platforms and make sure to give them a listen. Really good show, really insightful and entertaining. They bring on a lot of good guests and Ethan, thank you for your time. And we'll see you after the Daytona 500. Sure thing. All right. Thanks, man. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud sponsor of Burns Radio, which we here at Ramblin' About Racing are a proud affiliate with. Fanatics, you can find all your latest and greatest NASCAR gears to get you ready for this coming up season, such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats, diecast, and so much more. But you don't only have to stop in there and buy NASCAR gear. I get all my latest and greatest Washington Capitals gear from there. Yeah, and not only do you get hockey gear and stuff like that, I go in there, where I get all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear. Yeah, that's right. Roll Tide, man. It's a one-stop shop for all your sports gear needs, no matter what sports you're interested in. All purchases help out. Burns Radio bring you latest and greatest content and keep us on the air to bring you guys that content through the radio. If you head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under our Partners tab, there you will find the link to Fanatics. Take you right there. Go do your shopping there for this upcoming racing season or for whatever sports you want. Go check them out. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. Final thoughts here on this Daytona preview of Rambling About Racing. If you're making your way to Daytona, be safe. I'm sorry I can't be there this year, but at the same time, I'm not sorry. Like I said at the top of the show, I got my brand new daughter here. We're going to be watching the Daytona 500 here in Somerville, South Carolina, I can't wait for that. Her first Daytona 500, and really just happy to be a be with her. And I don't think my wife my wife might take that opportunity to go take a nap during the Daytona 500, but that's okay because my daughter and I will watch the Daytona 500 together. Thanks to Ethan for being on from Quick Pit Podcast. Really interesting bunch of guys there, and a good show, really good show. Go check them out if you have a chance. We're going to go ahead and get started with our drive, or I was about to say drive of the week, revert back to the old days, or this week in NASCAR, and our question of the week, and we're going to start off with the this week in NASCAR. February 17th, 1980, in his 18th Daytona 500 start, Buddy Baker shakes the monkey off his back with a resounding victory. Baker's Oldsmobile averages a record 177.602 miles an hour, Bobby Allison finishes second, and that was February 17th, 1980 for this week in NASCAR. And this week for our question of the week, we're going to take, leave it to Preston since he's coming back to the show. Okay, I think I have something. All right, Fred, All right. Preston's yes, got I'm something. glad you did because I was about there. I right. hope this is. <laughs> All right, Preston, go <laughs> I ahead. I hope this is All right, Charlie, All right, Charlie, sit out here. What, what is it, Preston? What do you got here for our question of the week? <laughs> All right, so question of the week, I don't want it to sound stupid, but with the introduction of this new Gen 7 car, do we see newer teams try to make a comeback in the sport? And so what I mean like that is, do we see more go or go home kind of teams? You know how it used to be a very popular thing years, you know, over a decade ago where we would have a field of 43 cars, but you would have more than just 43 show up. Do we see more teams try and make, you know, give a NASCAR a shot again now that it seems like this Gen 7 car kind of puts people on more of a level playing field, so to say, in quotations? I like that question, Preston. Okay, so the question is, with the introduction of the Gen 7 car, will you see the rise of go-go-home teams to where 2023 Daytona 500 for a 40-car field, you see maybe 70 cars show up like it was in the early 2000s? Well, that's a lot of cars. I mean, but just pulling out a number here, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you're talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, so that's a good question. I think we're going to leave it on that. That's a All good right, question. so let's, let's, let's round that number down just a little bit. Okay. Yeah, seven is a little, okay, 50, you know, let's exaggerate just a little bit. Okay, 50. I remember Daytona 500 qualifying right, single 50 qual- is a good number. 
Yeah, but I remember, for a forty car field, I remember, seventy. Yeah. I remember seeing sixty something cars show up for a forty three car field once. Yeah, back in like the freaking nineties. Yeah, in the early two thousands as well. So I mean, it, numbers not impossible, but I, I like. We're that. in twenty twenty two. You're right. You're right. I apologize. I'm so sorry. But that was a good question, Preston. Mm-hmm. Preston, you're forgiven. Okay, thank you, Charlie. Preston, you got anything else before we wrap up this show? <laughs> I do not. All right, Charlie, what about you? Anything else, bud? I got I got a good question of the week for next week, but anyway. All right, that sounds good. We'll save it for next week. If you want to answer <laughs> our question of the week, make sure to use hashtag WhatYouThinkITM on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well. And also, do not forget to sign up for Rambling About Racing. It's not In the Marbles 2.0 anymore. It's under the same thing. We just changed the name from In the Marbles 2.0 to Rambling About Racing's Fantasy nascar season for a chance at the end of the season to win a hundred dollar amazon gift card and on top of that to dethrone maples because he's won it last two seasons in a row matt camper came close but join us and make sure to sign up for that and links will be in the podcast description at the on your podcast descriptions i don't know how to make that any simpler or make sure to search for it on all social medias facebook twitter instagram to find the link for that and our website, of course, ramblingaboutracing.com. So anything else, guys, final thoughts here? Anything else before the this weekend's Daytona 500? Nope. Final thoughts. All right. Oh, thank you, Preston. Or thank you, Charlie. Jeez, my gosh, I guess you guys mixed up now. Uh, Preston, no, I don't have anything all else. Right. All right, we're just going to go ahead and just end it right there on that note. I'd like to thank everybody so much for tuning in to us this week here at Rambling About Racing. Special thanks again to Ethan from the Quick Pit Podcast for joining us. Make sure to follow Rambling About Racing on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the latest and greatest from what we're doing here at Rambling About Racing and the latest and greatest from what's going on in the racing world. I'd like to thank our partners here at the show, Stand Up to Cancer and Fanatics, for all they do, not only for Burns Radio, but for us here at Rambling About Racing. And you can find all that information about in Rambling About Racing's Fantasy League on social medias, such as Twitter and Facebook. For Charlie Herc, is Chuck8384 on Twitter, Preston Lute at P underscore Lute on Twitter. I'm Matt Beamer, Beamer 22 on Twitter. Stay safe. If you're going to Daytona, stay safe and period. And we'll see you after the Daytona 500. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.